Tonight's message, actually, we're going to start um, a series, and it's called Greatness. Everyone say greatness. Okay, that was terribly weak, so uh, let's try it again. Everyone say greatness. greatness. Man, and we could talk about the greatness of God, the greatness of Jesus, the greatness of the Holy Spirit, and uh, we, there's so many things that we could talk about. I've really been enjoying this uh, since the Mighty Men's Conference, you know. Just understanding who it is that we serve, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know, uh, I love the example we get, uh, you know, about him going to hell and like how the devil couldn't keep him there and how he just went down there to get some keys and he went down there in victory. And uh, so as we talk about greatness, I want to start here by establishing what greatness is. And so let me ask you guys a question. What defines greatness in our society? Just think about it. I should have let you know, it's rhetorical. But usually, what defines somebody to achieve greatness is through their achievements. Everyone say achievements. There's a conversation that's been going on for a very long time about Michael Jordan, about Kobe Bryant, and about LeBron James. And the conversation for a very long time is who's the greatest of all time or who's the GOAT. And you have people that are in Jordan's camp, You have people that are in Kobe's camp. You have people that are in LeBron's camp. But the reason why we even have this discussion is because of what all three of them have achieved, right? They've won national titles. They've won MVP. They've won, they've led the league in rebounds and assists and points. And I mean, they got titles and they got all these achievements, after achievement, after achievement, after achievement. And because of those achievements, we're like, man, those guys are the greatest of our time. Those guys are great, and they have achieved greatness. And so if greatness is established through one achieves, well, then I want to go ahead and show you that God is the greatest among all of us, right? So this is going to be interesting. We're going to go all the way back to Genesis, and we're going to read the entire chapter of Genesis 1. Now, remember, greatness in, at least in our society, is defined by what one has achieved. Everyone say achieved, achieved, right? And so that's why those three individuals are even in the discussion, and I would love to hear your thoughts afterwards as to who you think is the greatest of all time. But look at this here. And so we're going to do a lot of reading. Y'all stick with me, all right? It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was empty and formless mass, cloaked in darkness, and the Spirit of God was hovering over its surface. Verse 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that it was good. Then he separated light from the darkness, and God called the light day and the darkness night, and together they made up one day. And God said, let us make space between the waters to separate the water from water, uh, to separate water from water. And so it was. God made this space to separate the waters above from the waters below, and God called that space sky. This happened on the second day. And God said, let the waters beneath the sky gathered in one place so dry ground may appear. And so it was. And God named the dry ground land and the water seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the land burst forth with every sort of grass, with every seed-bearing plant, and let there be trees that grow, seed-bearing fruit. The seeds will then produce all kinds of plants and trees from which they came, and so it was. The land was filled with seed-bearing plants and trees, and their seeds produced plants and the trees of all kinds. And God saw that it was good. This all happened on the third day. And God said, let bright lights appear in the sky, separate day from night, and there will be signs to mark off the seasons and the days 
days and the years. Let the light shine down upon the earth. And so it was. For God made two great lights on the earth. The greater one, the sun, the presides during the day. The lesser one, the moon, was presides throughout the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the heavens to light the earth. Now, I really love that. It says that God set these in the heavens. And so I just see it in my mind's eye. God, now, has anyone ever gone... <clears throat> outside of a city before and looked up at the sky at nighttime. Anybody ever done that before? There are millions of stars, but yet I see God placing every single one of those. I mean, it's just kind of cool to think about it. And the heavens, and so he separated the light from darkness and God saw that it was good and this all happened on the fourth day. We're almost done. And God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created the sea and the creatures and every fish and every kind of bird. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them saying, let them multiply and fill the oceans and the bird increase and fill the earth. This happened on the fifth day. And then God said, let earth bring every kind of animal and livestock, small animals and wildlife. And so it was. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock and small animals, each able to reproduce uh, more after its own kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 26. Then God said, now this is really cool. Let us make people in our image to be like ourselves. They will be masters. Someone say masters. They will be masters over life, the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the living livestock and wild animals and small animals. So God created people in his own image. God patterned them after himself. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. Someone say blessed. God blessed them and told them, multiply and fill the earth, subdue it, be masters over the fish and the birds of the animals. And God said, look, I have given you the seed bearing plants throughout all the earth, the fruits of the trees of your food, and I have given you all the grasses of the green plants and the animals of the birds for their food. And so it was. Then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was excellent in every way. This all happened on the sixth day. Everyone say greatness. greatness. So if greatness can be established by one, what one has achieved, we just look at what God achieved in six days' time. And this is why God is truly the GOAT, if you will, the greatest of all time, because his achievements are vast and his achievements are wild, and his achievements are second to none. Now, this is interesting. Why did I want to start here to lay a baseline? And we're going to talk about this the next three weeks. This is why I wanted to start here, because I need you to grab a hold of this. From greatness comes greatness. So, if God is great, someone say God is great, and then God created us, From greatness comes greatness, or at least the opportunity to be great. You know, I was uh, watching the other day in the offseason, and LeBron was playing basketball with his son, and I think his name is Bronny. And uh, they showed, they did like a still clip of LeBron Duncan, and then they did a still clip of Bronny Duncan, and they looked almost identical. But now this is just in my own mind. Whether Bronny is like as good at his dad as basketball or not as good as his dad as basketball, he's going to have opportunities afforded to him because of who his dad is. 
He's going to have certain shots at schools that you and I would not have shots at those schools, not simply because of the difference in athleticism, even though that is a thing, but don't you know if they see Robert Conover on a form and then they see Bronny James on a form, who do you think they're going to lean a little bit more towards when it comes to giving an opportunity in a basketball scholarship to? They're going to lean towards Bronny James because LeBron James is in that conversation of being the greatest of all time. So from greatness, whether you think he's great or not, from greatness comes greatness or at least the opportunity for greatness. Listen to me, guys. God is great. Someone say great. And God made you. So from greatness comes greatness. And what we want to do through this series is we want to encourage you to have some self-confidence in maybe areas that you haven't had it. We want to encourage you, just like Bible says in John 15, yes, all things are possible to those who believe. Why? Because of the greatness that's on the inside of you and because of the great one that has created you, you've been afforded these wonderful opportunities to do great things. And in a couple weeks, we're going to look at what all that is. But right now, we've got to establish this baseline. We have an opportunity to be great. Amen. Why? Because the one who created us is the greatest of all time. And I love what it said in Genesis 1.27. He made me in his likeness and his image. Now, that doesn't mean I am God. But that means God has created me to do great things here on the earth. And I'm not going to do those great things by myself. And we're going to look at this in a couple weeks. But we've got to establish the baseline first that God has made us for great things. Everyone say greatness. So I want to look at some of these scriptures, Psalms 103. And this is going to be a very quick night to establish a baseline, and then we're going to look at this for the next three or four weeks. Psalms 103 out of the NIV version says, Know that the Lord is God. And I want to interject this part. Know that the Lord is great. Amen. See, you should be able to walk up to any believer, any Christian, and be like, is God great? And unequivocally, immediately the answer should be, Yes. Not only because of what he's achieved from what everything we just read, but I can even speak of my own personal testimony. The things that God has done in my life is a glorious display of his greatness. Now, I can't get it twisted. I can't, I can't begin to think these things have happened because I'm great. Even though God predestined me and has ordained me for greatness, it's still because of him. Amen? Amen? But yet, I can do great things because God has made me. Know that the Lord is God and that he is great. It is he, look at this, who made us. And we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Isaiah 64, 8. NIV again. Yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are the work of your hand. Woo. This is why I say all the time, Jesus is the cure for the insecure. When you begin to understand that you are the work of the hands of the Almighty. He sculpted you. He shaped you. He made you. And I like this. He's also equipped you with everything you need for greatness. Amen. And it doesn't matter if you come from great wealth 
or abject poverty. It doesn't matter if you have a degree, 200 IQ or 65 IQ. None of that matters as long as you will rely on and lean into who God is and his greatness. He will pull that greatness that he himself has placed in you. He'll pull it out of you. And then you'll do what the Bible talks about. You'll shine like a light in the darkness. Everybody say greatness. greatness. Psalms 139 verses 13 through 16 out of the English Standard Version. It says, for you formed me, or for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Someone say fearfully, fearfully. and wonderfully made. Come on now, you are wonderfully made. I said, you are wonderfully made. I'll say it again. You are wonderfully made. Why? Because God made you. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. God made you and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When I was yet there was none of them. So this is what he's saying. In your mother's womb, God was writing your days. And he was saying, I've written these days and you can achieve great things. Lots of times the reason why we don't achieve greatness and we don't do great things things is because we separate ourselves from our creator. But when you were in your mother's womb, God predestined you. He ordained you for greatness. He ordained you to make a mark on this world. And I love right there where it says unformed substance. Guess what the Greek word is for unformed substance? It's fetus or embryo. So when you were just a clump of cells, God knew you. When you were just a clump of cells, God called you to greatness. When you were just a clump of cells, he was riding your days and he was saying, on this day, Johnny's going to do great things. On this day, Caden's going to do great things. When we were just in our mother's room, he was writing our book. He was writing our story. And he was saying, as long as you walk with me, all these things I'm writing out are going to come to pass. And guess what? I only know how to do great things. Amen. I don't achieve greatness in myself. I achieve greatness in him and with him. But make no mistake about it, friends, you were designed to be great. Amen. You were designed to do great things. You were designed to make a difference in all that talent and all that ability. It's already been dumped on the inside of you from the moment you were a cluster of cells. God said, I'm making greatness right now. I wish, and I'm not just trying to, 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 to I, I, I'm just, I wish you could see it the way that God sees it, and even the way that I see it, the greatness that is sitting in this room. You know who else understands the greatness that's sitting in this room? It's the devil. And that's why he comes so hard at you guys day in and day out to try to keep you from achieving that greatness that lives on the inside of you, to try to stop you 
And that's what, when I was talking about that song when we we're singing, uh, Jesus has no rival, he has no equal, man. When he was walking through hell, he wasn't there defeated. He wasn't there being tormented. That is nowhere in the Bible a preacher made that up. Jesus didn't have to suffer in hell. Why? Because he suffered on the cross. And the penalty of the cross was enough. How do I know it was enough? Because Jesus looked up and what did he say? It is finished. That word right there means complete, which means I'm not suffering anymore. I've got to go get the keys of the death and grave, and they're in hell right now. I'm going to go get them, and I'm going to get them in victory. Amen? That's how great he is. That's why there's that scripture that says, even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What does that mean? The gates of hell couldn't keep him out. He went in there to get something, and once he had it, he left. Greatness, baby. And he's just walking around hell on Holy Saturday, right, before he was resurrected and he ministered at Abraham's bosom. He was just right there with the keys, and nobody could stop him because greatness was among them. Amen. See, when we are with God, this is why the scriptures say, with me, nothing's impossible. Amen. And I know it sounds so cliche to say it, but he is the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. And guess who's in his bloodline? You're in his bloodline. My dad's not LeBron James. My dad's not Michael Jordan. But I don't need their bloodline to be great. I've got his bloodline. Amen. Right? And since I have his bloodline, these opportunities for me to do great things will be given to me because of the God that I Serve. Ephesians 2, chapter 10. I quote this scripture all the time so you guys know it, but it says, You are God's masterpiece. For he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I like to put in my Robert's translation and Robert's version so we can do the great things he predestined for us long ago. Greatness. Woo, greatness. Right here in this room, every single one of you. I want you to aspire for greatness. I want you to shoot for the stars that God placed by hand. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, I can't do that. Sure you can. God made you, and he only makes great things. Amen. Everybody say greatness. John 15, 16. Got two more verses for you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Now look at this. And appointed you. So that you might go and bear fruit. What is bearing fruit? That's doing great things. Fruit that will last. So that's telling me the impact you can make on this world, it can live when you leave. When you do great things for God, the impact you make, it exists beyond you. The, I've created you to go and, and produce fruit. I've created you to go and do great things. And then that fruit that you produce, those great things that you do, it's going to last. Some will say last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Proverbs 19.21. Many are the plans of a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purposes that prevail. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And it was by God. And because you were created on purpose, for purpose, by God, that purpose will prevail. Now the next three weeks, we're going to look at how do we walk in this, create, this greatness that God has created us for? How do, how, do we, how do we do these things? How do we be great as he's told us to be great so we can leave fruit in this earth? But first, you got to understand, 
God is great, and God created you so you can do great things. Everybody say greatness. greatness. Close your eyes real quick. Father God, I pray for every single student in here. I thank you as we dive into this the next three weeks. Holy Spirit, help us. Pull this out of us. Let it not be a false reality, but let it be real. Let us grow in the revelation. Let them see the greatness that lives on the inside of them. Let them see the great things they can do while they live here as they live for you. And so right now, as we start this series, as one of their pastors, I take authority over any weapon that has been formed against them to try to steal that greatness, to try to kill that greatness, to try to stop that greatness that they were created for. By faith, I pronounce, according to the word of God, that they have the mind of Christ. And not only do they see themselves the way that you see them, but they think about themselves the way you think about them. Destined for greatness. And just like Jesus, when we make up our mind to walk hand in hand with our Heavenly Father, the gates of hell in this life will not be able to stop us. I speak to their greatness. I speak to their destinies. And I seal it now in Jesus' name. I command the enemy, the devil, Satan and all of your minions and every single demon that is under your rule and your authority, I command you to take your hand off of these young people and off of their minds. I thank you for a revelation that they were created by God, the greatest of all time, and since the greatest one ever created them, they can do great things. I ask for all this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ.